0: future we're talking real money
1: ah tis the season to talk money fa la 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 i'm don mcdonald very spacey this week very spacey maybe because of the new camera the new digital camera
2: zoom in zoom out yeah wait a minute watch Close, this
1: i just discovered it did this
2: if you're watching at home Don disappears and then reappears without any work panning Whoa. himself.
1: This only works if you're watching Talking Real Money as a videocast on YouTube or at TalkingRealMoney.com. You can watch it either place. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Don McDonald in the Talking Real Money studio in Florida. And then over there or right there in front of you, depending on how this goes, is Mr. Tom Cock in the- Hello. Uh, the Woodenville, Washington studio right there, right. Uh, just down the street from all the wineries. And so if he seems a little off, you know, it's... it's <laughs> I, I succumb more often to
2: the cinnamon buns than the wine, as you know. So, Yeah, those malt
1: be cinnamon
2: buns. <laughs> exactly. My
1: downfall. Uh, we are so glad you, you joined us for this little holiday podcast. Now, we don't have a festive holiday podcast for you. No, not us.
2: Not even close. Because
1: once again... <laughs> we're We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna slap around most of the financial advice industry in this country because they just continue to do their level best to keep you from knowing what you deserve to know what are the things you deserve to know from your investment advice provider your financial advisor what things do you think you should know how they manage their money maybe what else, Tom? Hmm. Now, how much they're going to charge you? Oh, that's a good one. That's a how good one. they're going to charge. They you? charge. Okay, how they charge you, and are they always required to act in your best interest? Do they have conflicts of interest? Simple things. things.
2: We'd like to know. Yes.
1: Well, a long, long time ago, I can still remember. Something about music and playing. No. um, (laughs) In a place far away. Yeah. Long long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Securities and Exchange Commission required registered investment advisors only to file very detailed disclosure documents called the the, uh, Form ADV Part 2 brochure. This is a document that's supposed to be written in plain English. Yeah, good luck with that. And that is supposed to be short and concise. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, some firms are, you know, 10, 12 pages. Others are 120 pages. Concise. Mm. So it was decided that that wasn't good enough. Let's come up with a new way to disclose important facts about the investment advisory firm you might be working with. And the SEC came up with rule BI. Now, of course, rules like this are never created in a vacuum and they're never created actually by the SEC. There are comments. And the brokerage industry has millions of dollars worth of professional commenters.
2: I think they're called
1: lawyers. Lawyers. That was Ah, the term I was looking for. Lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they comment like crazy. And, of course, any good rule either gets killed or watered down because they don't want a rule to be good for you. They want these rules to be good for them. It's all about them making money, not you. Anything that stands in the way of their making money is bad. And thus it was that the new form CRS was born. Um, what was it, about a year ago? No, longer, a couple years.
2: A couple years. Okay. Yeah. See,
1: time flies when you get old. CRS was supposed to disclose very simple things like how do you invest? What investment services do you provide? I'm looking at one right here. Ah. What fees will I pay? What are your legal obligations to me how do you make money things like that should be re- very simple it really should in fact it's supposed to be a less than two page form well and in plain English well lately in the news the SEC said well we're not we're not happy with the they're not they're not in plain English they they weren't upset about the fact that they don't tell you anything. <laughs> It's how they're written, not what they're written. Yeah, it's all about the language. Well, I can understand the language, but I read above a seventh grade level. Um, <laughs> not much. I understand the, Sorry. not much. Not much. <laughs> uh, but simple things like, I, so what I did was I went to the form ADV of one of the firms that they singled out as not writing in plain English. And that firm is one of our all-time favorites. They're right up there at the pinnacle of our list of people we (laughs) talk about you know there's edward jones who we like a lot better than these guys and then there's probably bottom of the heap i in my opinion the bottom of the heap i mean because they used to be multi-level marketing
2: (laughs) that's true good point i forgot i always forget that yeah Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, ameriprise yeah ameriprise Now, Merit Prize, we've talked about them before, but I just want to read you a little bit of their form CRS just so you can determine how clear you think the disclosure is. Like, for example, what fees will I pay? What do you expect that that would say, Tom? What would that tell you?
2: You know, that might uh, talk about the commissions they're going to charge or the percentage of uh, they're going to charge on an asset or the uh, planning fees or hourly fees, you know, some sort of specifics about so How much you're, you're gonna saying basically
1: you. it's going to have a number there somewhere, right? Yeah, should. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you would think. I mean, you know like a nice number like they put on prospectuses that say if you invest $10,000, yeah. this much goes away. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you'd think that. Here's the what fees will I pay from the Ameriprise <laughs> Form CRS? <laughs> For financial planning, you will either pay a fixed dollar amount or an asset-based fee for financial planning services. The amount will vary based on the complexity of your personal situation and the advice you are seeking. The fees these fees may be paid monthly annually or quarterly. Do you really care when they're paid? The no, frequency with which they're paid? Prefer to know how much. Scrolling, scrolling. Come on. scrolling. Really? Know how much now we just happen to know from reading their form adv part two brochure if you go way down like 40 pages to the fee section it'll say the maximum fee we charge is three percent per year
2: please don't pay three percent and maybe if they're really nice, if you're really nice to them the first day you meet them maybe they'll only charge you what two and a half or something wow
1: now the sec suggested putting in questions and it says things like questions to get the most out of your relationship with your advisor it's in a little box here's a question you should ask your advisor at ameriprise oh you're gonna love this one tom (laughs) you're supposed to ask him this help me understand how these fees and costs might affect my investments if i give you ten thousand dollars to invest how much will go to fees and costs and how much will be invested for me why didn't they just put a? Why didn't they put an a? Answer: We will charge you this much if you have this much, this much if you have this much, and this much if you have this much.
2: You want to know why? I don't think they put it in there.
1: Of course, I do.
2: I think that I don't think they're very proud of what they charge.
1: Let's see. If I put ten thousand dollars a year, are uh, in, in? No, just ten thousand. Yep. Which you wouldn't accept into your account. I will pay three hundred dollars a year for your services
2: yeah hmm. that's just we'll the management pay. that doesn't include the investment that's not either. the
1: mutual funds right, right. so Correct. maybe i'm gonna pay 400 a year probably that. how least. about are you acting in my best interest hmm. what does Price say about what are what are your what are your legal obligations to me the client well, well when we provide a recommendation paragraph. yeah as your broker dealer or act as your investment advisor well, this is kind of a lie, and this is what the SEC is letting them get away with. When we provide you with a recommendation as your broker-dealer or act as your investment advisor, we have to act in your best interest and not put your interests ahead of ours. Excuse, Excuse me? me? Really? Actually, that's not true. Only when you act as an investment advisor. And they go on to say that because they have a wiggle clause, the, the little wiggle words, the but— <laughs> At the same time, the way we make money creates some conflicts with your interests. Because mm. they charge commissions, too. Yeah, sure. And um, they go on and they go on and they go on. And, and nowhere in here does it really tell you anything. As a matter of fact, it even says, and you have to put this in there. <laughs> Do you or your financial professionals have a legal or disciplinary history? Now, what do you think Ameriprise's answer is? Wow. You have to answer this question. Uh, yes, yes, but in very small print. Yes, <laughs> but they have a but.
2: Yes, whereas? Yes, but uh-huh. uh, as in uh-huh. the
1: case with most financial companies oh, yeah, of our sure. size, mm-hmm, yeah. we and certain financial advisors have a disciplinary history on mm-hmm. file wait what's our disciplinary history with all the appellate offices all over the country 0.00
2: sir uh,
1: yeah zero hmm ameriprise and they, they have they really say that like, they would
2: have an excuse
1: for why they have <laughs> they they totally That's do nuts. they totally do uh, and and the fact of the matter is another form does not solve the problem as long as the form refuses and, and the regulators refuse to hold the industry's feet to the fire and require this is what needs to happen and and you won't do this because nobody gets upset enough about this kind of stuff as investors we need to go to the sec and congress people and the like and say we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore we don't need to be lied to anymore in the interim though you're going to get lied to so yeah, that you means are you have to take care of yourself
2: yeah okay so let's talk about that a little bit we know that you don't like reading this stuff because it's foreign Duh. it's complicated it's just sort of confusing it's uh it's boilerplate right i mean it's you know written by the attorneys to be the aforementioned confusing et cetera, but my suggestion to everyone before you hire any firm is to at least read the CRS. That's the abbreviated version. That will give you
1: some indication. Hold on, wait some. a minute. Wait a minute. If you read the CRS of Ameriprise, you're going to get lied to. What do they say lied in there? By, lies by omission. They don't tell you what the fees are. Oh, okay. They, they 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 claim to be working in your best interests, except when we're not. That's one of the things I love best about these companies is they go, and we work in your best interest, except when we don't. And we're not going to tell you when we don't. You have to figure that out for yourself. Good luck.
2: That is a problem. Okay, we have another possible solution here.
1: We actually have a form
2: that you developed Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that we think every advisor that you want to hire should sign. That form will require them to say, I will always act in your best interest, signature here. And by the way, if you take that to somebody at a major brokerage, they won't sign it. I think that should be a red flag for you. You'd be like, why wouldn't you? Oh, you know, my manager won't let me or the attorney. You know, the legal department, those people always got a rule that I want. But, okay, but aren't you always going to act in my best interest? Of course I am.
1: sure. No, see, they can speak from the mouth. Yeah, You see, that's what I was getting to, writing, writing. Yeah. They can say things with their mouth. I remember being told when I was with Dean Witter, which is now was sucked up by Morgan Stanley. We were told to sell B and C share funds as no load funds. Yeah. No load load. funds. Yeah, exactly. no load funds.
2: All right. Here's another suggestion. Um, All right. Here's another one. Maybe this is easier. Do not hire. Do not consider hiring. Do not associate with a duly registered advisor an advisor that is a registered investment advisor and also a broker dealer and by the way that eliminates about
1: 90 99% some 99. high
2: percentage Nine. If you go to the aforementioned Morgan Stanley, they are duly registered, right? They can still sell And I see it all the time where people walk in and think, I'm getting a great financial advisor. What a great firm this is. Morgan Stanley, look at that mahogany there. It's beautiful. And what, you guys got the Wayfair furniture? Come on.
1: Uh, We do too. We have actual (laughs) authentic Wayfair furniture. (laughs)
2: $4.99 available today. And then they say, Oh, yeah. I, we forgot to mention, by the way, we've got this insurance. This just happened recently where somebody was at Morgan Stanley, and they said, you need long-term care. We're going to roll you right into this policy. Do you sell the stuff? Oh, yeah. Sure. Of course we do. Mm-hmm. And do you collect no. commission? Now, Absolutely. what, happened,
1: what yeah. happened at that point was they went from fiduciary right. to best interests. Yep. Changed I mean, the hat. From, to, from fiduciary, from best interest to merely suitable. Merely And suitable. that's all. Right. The suitability so, standard.
2: But again, I don't think, and I think there's no reason to hire anyone who is duly registered period there really isn't there's nothing you're missing there's nothing they can offer that a really great registered investment advisor can't and there are thousands of them really great mm-hmm. firms and they custodian the money at major places like charles schwab so your money is safe there's no greater protection you get it working with a morgan stanley than you get my by door is with a opening firm. behind me uh-oh
1: uh Oh, I think my wife tried to sneak into the studio. <laughs> We're recording. I see your I hand. Hope, I hope everybody, I do everybody in America sees <laughs> I see, it.
2: <laughs> I see it too. Is she duly registered, I don't know. or is she acting no, in your she, best Well, she she, she, she she used she used bringing lunch. Offer. Then yeah, too. I know she was. So those no, we already and had. No, oh, those are three kind of easy things to at least yeah. start. And Don, you're right. Anybody can say anything. Get it in writing. Always get it in writing because that's the only way you know you're going to have some protection period
1: yep get it in writing and go to talkingrealmoney.com slash help talkingrealmoney.com slash help you'll find the advisor interview form right there and by the way securities and exchange commission if you'd like to use that as a template for future disclosure forms hey i give you permission go right ahead and use it hey tom you want a question yeah quick we've got
2: a couple minutes
1: here but By the way, questions can be called in 24 hours a day at 855-935-TALK or sent in at TalkingRealMoney.com like this one was. Hello, Tom and Don. Great to connect with you. I enjoy your podcast. I just heard you guys talking about the questions you should ask your financial advisor. Hmm. What a coincidence. Yeah. But I've been with the same company. Company? it's a comfy company
2: i've been with the same company
1: yeah for 20 years oh my gosh tom here it is in a nutshell mm. what you talked about i have been with the same company for 20 years and i don't want to offend nope. or act like i'm accusing so maybe you know if edward jones is a fiduciary I do know. We have our money in an IRA and profit sharing with our own business. We don't have any employees, so we don't contribute to any employees. We'd love to know what you think about Edward Jones, because I'm uncomfortable asking those questions at this point. We have $1.4 million in money in our retirement.
2: Now, I, people don't know this, but I went to high school with Edward Jones, so I know a lot about him that you don't know.
1: You did not go to, Edward Jones died a long time before (laughs) you were in high school, I think. Thank goodness for
2: that. Edward Jones is not a 100% pure fiduciary, not 100%. They are, Mm -hmm. as we mentioned previously, duly registered. Edward Jones primarily, not all, but primarily uses loaded products, commissions. They do a lot of stuff with the American funds, sell a lot of other products, I think you did rate Ameriprise lower than Edward Jones, so they're moving on. Oh, I do up because
1: because Edward Jones' highest fee is like one and a half percent a year. That's whereas it. Whereas Ameriprise really? is twice that. Yeah, Edward Jones has lowered their fees, but here's the thing, and this is for for our correspondent. Um, do you have <laughs> any mutual funds from the American Funds family? Guarantee you do. Guarantee. Do it. you have any annuities? If you have any of the aforementioned, then at that point when they were selling you those funds, they were not acting as a fiduciary. Because if they were acting as a fiduciary, they, they really would have to try and sell you a less expensive, True. similar product. And they can say all they want that we think they're better. But the reality is they've got to base those those decisions on empirical evidence, not on how I feel.
2: Then let's um, go back so, to the to that relationship. Because when you have a 20 year relationship with anybody, that's hard to break. I get that. Uh but here's the thing. This relationship is a business relationship. They're going to want to be marriage. your friends. They're they're going to want to be your friends. I guarantee it they consider you the, that hey how you doing here's a bottle of wine thanks for working with us this year. Mm -hmm. It's a friendship, but it shouldn't be. It truly should be a business relationship. You're not getting treated with 100% fiduciary advice. And my guess is you're paying excessive fees. My guess. That's
1: a really reasonable guess because with $1.4 million with a fee-only advisor, you should be all in, including the cost of your mutual funds or ETFs, all in probably at Eighty, eighty-five yeah, basis say 75, points,
2: twenty-five max. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you're max, paying more than that. More than that at Jones.
1: I, guarantee. I'm confident. As a matter of fact, I'd be willing to bet you're paying more than that just in the expense ratio of some of your mutual funds. You need Maybe to look. We'll be. Yeah, or they are not. You a need fiduciary. to get in touch. You know. You remember, if you want us to look at your accounts and tell you exactly what you're, you're paying, and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go to them. They're gonna, they're gonna like pitch me product or something. We don't do that. We don't pitch product to begin with. And we're not even going to try to sell you on our services. You can just go to vestory.com and make an appointment with our firm, Vestory by Appella. Meet with one of our advisors. And Tom and I, we promise you will not be subject to a high-pressure sales pitch. Promise. No, I do some of the meetings myself. Fun. Tom does a lot of them himself. I enjoy and- it and he likes doing them know. you know you can send your statements in and he'll go oh you're paying that much on that that mm-hmm. much on that you'll just get the truth Won- heck i might do some this week with the
2: holiday because what else am i going to do huh
1: can you handle the truth
2: <laughs> you can't handle it
1: great question All right. That was a great question. Fit right in. Thank you so much for being a part of this. We hope you have a great holiday or um, whatever period it is you're listening to this after the holidays. Because podcasts, they just go on and on and on. They live forever, as Tom and I hope to do. So we can be here with you. Talking Real Money.
0: Talking Real Money.